0: Welcome to another edition of ATL Prime Sports. I'm J.J. Jurjevic. Joining me this evening is the one, the only, PA voice of the Rome Braves, Larry Gardner, and of course our fabulous producer, Wayne Reidenauer in Memphis, Tennessee. You can find us all at ATL Prime Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and of course Apple. You can find our personal exes slash Twitters at J.J. Get you one for myself, at R.W.Y. Jr. for Wayne, at LG for real, though, for Larry Gardner, and at Porter Todd for T.C. Todd Porter, who's out supervising some umpires tonight. Get you one of these, Todd <laughs> Porter. Uh, how's everyone doing? Larry, we'll start with you, man.
1: Man, everything is good, J.J. David. glad you asked. A lot of things coming down the pipeline. Uh, but for the most part, everything in Northwest Georgia is going A-OK, my friend. Appreciate you asking.
0: Well, we're glad to have you on tonight. I know you're a busy man, a man of many talents and traits. And I hope that mayor race is going in your favor uh, coming up soon.
1: I know the the vote's what? Is it this week next week? Early voting is going on this week. And then the actual day is Tuesday the 7th.
0: All right, so uh, Adairsville and, and natives and 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 uh, citizens go get in your voting early and vote for Larry Garner, the best guy for the job. Wayne, how you doing this evening, buddy?
2: All right, uh, you know basketball season starting here, but I have to remind people football season is still going on. Uh, the U- University of South Florida Bulls uh, are visiting. Memphis, uh, Saturday afternoon uh, at the Simmons Bank Liberty Bowl Stadium, and uh, that should be an exciting game. Uh, Those conference games are always good.
0: Yeah, I'm doing well. Not as well as your Texas Rangers, Wayne. They're up three games to one. They've scored, what, 21 runs in the World Series? They're batting and scoring runs at an alarming rate. No more Garcia for the rest of the series, unfortunately, with the oblique injury, but three to one could be safe, but it's not over because these diamondbacks are pesky. Oh yeah. And uh, Corbin Marte, that whole entire lineup can get after you running, stealing paces, playing defense. It's not quite over, but I'm doing well, but not as well as the Rangers. They are up three to one and, we all know 3-1 to one in the World Series is tough to come back from. What's on tap for today? We react to the college football playoff rankings, of course, and the NFL trade deadline has come and gone. We talk about that, and then we talk a little Collins Hill High School alumni, Taylor Heineke, your new starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk about that, and we'll get our pick six in. And without further ado, let's kick this thing off with our first reaction of the first College football playoff rankings. Do you agree? Yay, nay, Wayne, and why? Uh,
2: well, I kind of like the AP's top 25 better because uh, uh, George is an SEC team and I would rather see an SEC team at the top. Uh, and I guess Ohio State is good enough to be at the top if you're, uh, you know, in the, what is that other poll? The uh, coaches' poll or something? I can't even remember.
0: Coaches' poll, yeah. college football playoff <laughs> poll. You got a lot of polls now
2: yeah i th- I think the I think all the the other polls seem to have it right uh I'm not so sure about this college football playoff unless they're just using analytics to decide who's where,
0: yeah, you know uh i will am going next, we'll give larry last this this round I, look there's not a whole lot to react to here. Those are the four best teams you could put them in any order. you could have thrown Washington in yeah. there at four, you could have put you could put in anybody in there. I, honestly, I am I think those first five teams are so evenly matched and they all have better resumes in Georgia and Michigan. But let's face it, Georgia and Michigan have passed the eye test each and every week. We asked the question, how would Georgia respond without Brock Bowers? <laughs> a 23-point win on neutral site territory in a Jacksonville and Georgia-Florida game that... Uh, usually causes a lot of emotion is a close game and they blew them out of the water that's one question answered same thing with kentucky is kentucky going to run all over georgia they're going to be physical blah 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 and 20 something point win there so every time georgia has been tested they have passed with flying colors now the opposite of that, you can say the same thing with Ohio State, and that's why I say you could put any team at number one and I'd be okay with it. Ohio State has struggled with teams like Maryland, they struggled with Indiana last week at times, but then they've blown the doors off of uh, two top 15 opponents, not well, blown the doors off, they barely beat Notre Dame, but you get my point, they won the game, they had two of those top, top 15 wins and the committee ranks them number one for that reason, so honestly, My reactions are, it's kind of crazy because someone pointed out to me, if you're number one in the first college football playoff poll, not many teams have made that playoff. Tennessee was number one in last year's playoff ranking. We saw what happened to them. So it, it may not be the best thing to be number one in the first playoff ranking. We'll see. Larry, what's your reactions to the college football playoff
1: rankings? No, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you, J.J. I think the only reason Ohio State got the nod over Georgia is because Ohio State has two wins in the top 15 that Georgia does not have yet. You know, Georgia has not lost in what? Uh, I can't even remember how many games in a row they haven't lost in. But here's where you're going to find where the rubber meets the road. You've got Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, that are all coming up on Georgia's schedule. If you take care of business, everything will work itself out. But as of right now, the poll that comes out first really don't matter. The poll that comes out the week before it's time to play ball is the ones that matter. And I'm sure if we know Kirby Smart as well as we know him, he is going to use this as motivating fuel, passion, and fire for the Georgia team, that's saying, "Y'all, look, they the world thinks you're underrated. You are just overrated. You you you're not as good as you think you are. Look, and and I he is the the master when it comes to the mental games, and I think it's going to help them. Uh, it's going to work itself out though, because Ohio State and Michigan's got to play each other. You know, Washington's already beat Oregon head up. You know, the one thing that I would look at is. Can Alabama get over Texas, even though Texas has already beat Alabama head-to-head? Same thing with uh, Oklahoma and Texas, with Oklahoma beating Texas head-to-head. So, you know, a lot of things still have to be shaken out. But for the most part, I think it's pretty good the way it is. But it's going to be a lot of changing in the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia's schedule is definitely back-loaded.
0: And remember at the beginning of the year, we said the back end of the stretch was going to be the toughest part of their schedule and in, 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 in the beginning of this season. So it's it's coming into fruition. Now, Georgia's got 3 of the toughest next weeks in, in the country. Uh, they say, what, like 6 or something like that and best schedule. I, I don't believe that mom, John, but they got 3 ranked opponents all right there in top 17, two in the top 15, top 12 if you want to cut it cut it down and do the nitty gritty. So their schedule's back ended and it's an SEC schedule and if you finish unblemished in the SEC it's unprecedented in its own right. So I think we're all about the same. Read and react all you want to. It's the first of five more college football playoff polls. So a lot's going to change over the next four or five weeks. Uh, I, I think the dogs are in a good spot. I think the Buckeyes, the the Michigan Wolverines, and the the, the fourth team in the college football playoff. Uh, I'm drawing a blank, guys. Let me, you give Florida, me one second. Florida. State. Say it again.
2: Yeah, Florida State. Florida, Florida State. State. Thank you. Yeah.
0: I, I I I could I was going to and I was like, man, it's Florida, Florida State. So again, any in Florida State has to win against LSU. They've dominated a lot of their opponents. Uh, I think Florida State's probably got, honestly, the easiest road to the college football playoff uh, of all the teams. So, again, lots of turmoil, lots of change will happen in the next four or five weeks. Time will tell. Let's go on to our next, next topic. The NFL trade deadline was a busy one. We'll go over our most impactful trades from a busy deadline. Which two teams made the most improvements? I'll tee this one off. Look, I think the Falcons adding Kadarius Street from Philadelphia is a very under-the-radar move, adding depth. Guy that was buried in the depth charts behind Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and all these, uh, Hassan Reddick and Cox, and just all these great defensive linemen. And you have this guy's very athletic, didn't get a lot of playing time. It's going to come to Atlanta for, for practically nothing. Playoff hunt, team that's in the playoff hunt. I think that's that's a very underrated move. And number number two, the obvious team to me is San Francisco. Um, the Commanders unloaded two of their star defensive linemen and Sweat and Chase Young. Chase Young goes now joins Bosa in a in an unbelievably talented defensive line in San Francisco for a already contending team. So Chase Young goes to a really good spot. I think those are the two teams that made the biggest impacts. And, and I'm not just saying the Falcons because I'm a Falcons fan. I really do think it's an under-the-radar move. And a lot of those moves that go under the radar sometimes are the best moves for both teams. Uh, the Eagles get a draft pick they, they, they needed, they wanted. The Falcons get an extra defensive lineman after the Grady Jarrett injury, uh, season-ending injury we heard last week happen, uh, the Terry's, the torn ACL. Larry, what say you, buddy?
1: No, I'm in agreement, man. I, the, the the Falcons deal was very much needed after the Grady Jarrett injury. Um, but San Francisco, man, winning organizations just continue to do winning things. And there's a reason why certain organizations are always contenders, and there's a reason why certain organizations are always bottom feeders. And the San Francisco 49ers continue to make the moves that ensure – that their team will be in great shape to contend for years to come, and the majority of most people and JJ, you can talk about this point as well. The NFL, for the first time in many years, there is such a lack of quarterback play. You know, mm-hmm. you've got Mahomes is still that guy, Josh Allen is still that guy. You know, Tua Tagovailoa is still not. Well, he is finally becoming that guy. You know. Mm-hmm. uh, Justin Herbert has you know flashes of being that guy but Aaron Rodgers is hurt you know it's it's like Kirk
0: Cousins just he, went he, down he,
1: as well Yeah, you know, so you know Jalen Hurts is is being the the he, he's kind of being right now the the light switch man. He's off again, on again, off again, on again. But for the most part there's not really a a it, you know, you used to have about 10 to 15 quarterbacks that would be legit that you could say, okay, these are, you know, elite quarterbacks. That number is shrinking. And you can trace it all the way back to college football. I mean, look at it. You know, we thought the the Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence classes were going to be, you know, that was going to be just like the next wave of uh, uh, the next Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allens and, 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 and Jalen Hurtses or whatnot. And with the exception of Trevor, and he's really not been that great. That class has been blocked, you know. So being able to do what you need to do for San Francisco with a seventh rounder as your starting quarterback that has been playing phenomenally with the exception of a couple of games here against Minnesota, of course, you set your teams up for greatness, man. And Minnesota had to make the move with Cousins going down for Josh Dobbs. I think that's going to be a very underrated move. As they begin to prepare, the uh, BYU quarterback to start against Atlanta. You know, mm-hmm. I feel for I feel for Las Vegas who weren't able to get rid of Devonte Adams in the midst of that debacle that is uh, the hush that is the uh, mess that's going on in Las Vegas. Hate that that didn't go down, but Seattle did a lot of under the radar things with getting the defensive tackle and Leonard Williams. To kind of strength in the heart of his defensive line you see a lot of defensive line moves being made because if you can bring pressure and relentless pressure all season long when it's time for the playoffs you make life difficult for your opponent and that's why people are strengthening the defensive side of the football man yeah you're 100 percent spot
0: on um uh, the best way to prevent good quarterback plays to get him on the ground and you mentioned all those defensive trades that were made Simply to bolster defensive lines to get after quarterbacks, we saw the bills fall short. They couldn't get after the quarterback, couldn't get after Joe Burrow, couldn't get after Pat Mahomes. And we saw the two teams with the most sacks in the NFL last year meeting the Super Bowl and the second team with the, the most sacks won at all. So, and they were able to pressure Jalen Hurts in the second half. And that's what it's all about. Uh, I do think the Dobbs move to Minnesota is an underrated move. He played very well in uh, in in substitution for Kyler Murray and whoever whoever they're going to start out there this week in Arizona. Uh, I I think um, it's it's now time let's transition from the trade. Unless there's any final thoughts on the trade deadline, I was going to transition to the Heineke Ritter situation. You guys good? Yeah, yeah. Let's move yeah, on. Good. Taylor Heineke your new starter in Atlanta. He's replacing Desmond Ritter this week. Instantly came in in the second half and provided an offensive spark for the Falcons versus the Titans last week. 12 of 21, 175 yards, almost 8.3 yards per pass. He did have a touchdown and a QBR of 71.5, whereas Ritter, 8 of 12 for 71 yards, 5.9 yards per pass. Uh sacked five times, held on the ball for quite a quite a long time, and his QBR was 13-9. So an instantaneous spark. Again, a local guy. Played out of old Dominion, got a chip on his shoulder when he played for the commanders here and there. Was not scared to throw the ball downfield. And I think the receivers responded very well in the second half for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think moving forward, Coach Smith has a real, real problem on his hands because if Desmond Ritter's practicing better than Heineke is you're going to have to give Ritter another shot if there's a lot of variables as he always says there is is it injury related is it hey we're going to we're going to just give Heineke a shot because he gave us a shot in the arm or is it going to be hey once Ritter's healthy again he's back in there so Uh, There's a lot of questions. And to to me, I think it is performance-based, and he just doesn't want to throw his uh, young quarterback under the bus. So we'll we'll see. But I think this is a big move for the Falcons' season moving forward. They have a winnable matchup this week versus a a Vikings team that we all thought was going to come in here. Two, three-game winning streak for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, Madison, Addison out there, the 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 rookie wide receivers just lighting it up. So now it's a completely different mood for the Vikings. They're coming in here trying to break in a a rookie quarterback, make the game plan as simple as possible where he can get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible to their athletic receivers, including Hawkinson there. So this is a winnable game for the Falcons in a huge moment in this season. Do the Falcons take advantage of this or do they – Pull them typical Falcons and start, I don't know, feeling bad for themselves. But this is the NFL. I think Heineke gives you the best shot to win, and it gave him a spark for sure. Larry, your thoughts on Heineke versus Ritter?
1: I think it's a little bit of both, J.J., when it comes down to why Coach Smith made this decision. Um, I think it is a little bit performance-based, but after about that fourth sack at, at Tennessee last week, you could see something was off with Dez. I mean, it just—it was almost like he didn't look like himself. And I think a lot of that is he's still going through concussion protocol as well. I think he saw the boost that the offense got when Heineke got in the game. I believe for the first time since he's been in Atlanta, Coach Smith's seat got a little warm for the first time since he's been here. And at the end of the day. You gotta put your team in the best position to win. And if Des is number one out a hundred percent, it's not putting your team in position to win when you have a very talented roster that is extremely capable of winning a very poor NFC South division. The the other point that you really want to consider in this is are how much are you willing to invest in the Desmond Ritter to continue to develop him? Because your team is not a Super Bowl team as it stands. But you already know where Taylor Heinicke is. So what is your future is if if you're if you're Terry Fontenot, what is your end game look like? Are you willing to invest what it takes to make Desmond Ritter a future quarterback for the Falcons? Have you seen enough of him in what twelve games now, maybe? 11 games to determine the future, which I feel like personally is unfair. Or do you just say, okay, I was, I, I'm done with it. I'm washing my hands. Haneke finishes out the season. We're going to let both of y'all go, and then we're going to draft another quarterback in this quarterback class coming up. You know, and, and that's – it's a it's a pickle of a decision to be in, but when you're – I know he's not a rookie, but essentially your rookie quarterback <laughs> leads the league in turnovers, that is a problem. It is a problem because you're Huge putting your draw. team at a disadvantage already. And with Atlanta, Atlanta's enjoying something this year that Matt Ryan never got a chance to see, and that's a top-15 defense. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so you got to take advantage where you can, JJ and Wayne, and and um, you got to win those winnable games. You don't want the games like what you had to deal with last week, which is a very winnable game, and you let a rookie quarterback and Will Levis shred you to pieces. You do not want that game to come back and bite you at the end if everybody's sitting there again, uh, seven and ten, you know, eight and nine, and then you're trying to figure out who's gonna be crowned division champion. So uh long way to go for Falcons fans, a long way to go for the team, but Heineke does give you the best chance to win this week, and I'm sure Coach Smith will reevaluate it after the performance of the game against the Vikings. Wayne, your thoughts.
2: Whether well, a Heineke. Uh, Either one is fine with me. Uh, I've always been kind of a fan of Ritter, uh, even since he was at uh, uh, Cincinnati and beating up on Memphis all the time. But, uh, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. My only suggestion for Coach Smith, and he can do this in the offseason if he wants. uh, I think he needs to go take a Dale Carnegie class because in his (laughs) press conference, I had a really hard time understanding what he was saying. He's mumbling something, and I'm like, what is he trying to tell me? You know, but.
0: <laughs> it's variables. There's variables to it, he says. <laughs> Several. Times. Oh man. Uh I I like Arthur Smith, but I tell you what, you heard it here first, I'll I'll say it again and and it's unfortunate because of the recency bias world we live in, but if there is an improvement with this football team down these last what what do we got left? Uh 9 games left. Yeah, If there's not improvement, he will be on the hot seat, yeah. and that's unfortunate because I like Arthur Smith. Well, folks, that wraps it up for our NFL talk, unless there's any final thoughts we want to throw in there real quick.
2: No, I'm good.
0: We're good, we're good. Let's get to the pick six. It's time for the ATL Prime Sports pick six. We pick six football games. Lines and spread are from Monday for Caesars Sportsbook. This week it's number 25, Kansas State, 6-2 at number 7, Texas. We're going by the AP poll. Last week of the AP poll. Next week we'll go college football playoff poll. 25, Kansas State, 6-2. number 7, Texas, 7-1. Seven Texas is four-point favorites. The over-under in this one is 51. Saturday, big noon kickoff, Eastern Standard Time on Fox. Wayne, what say you, buddy? We'll let you go first.
2: I'm taking Texas to cover on this one. Uh, you know, Kansas State is no Oklahoma. And uh I think Texas is gonna be fine in on this one.
1: Texas covers. Larry, what you got? Yeah, I'm the same way, man, Wayne. Texas, this should be I ain't gonna say easy, but the talent gap between the two teams is enough to where Texas should be able to handle business now. You know they're all screaming to see Orange Manning get some PT, but folks you gotta remember. They can't let him in too many to keep his red shirt alive. They want to keep control right. over him as long as possible. So, um, But for the most part, Texas should be able to handle this game easy. Actually, Texas covers. This was really tough for me, guys. Both teams are top 15 defensively.
0: Uh, Kansas State has yet to beat Texas under Coach Kleinman. He has a top five rushing attack right now, 226 yards per game. He's got a good quarterback in Will Howard. They're top 15 in scoring. This Wildcat team is a 61-yard game-winning field goal away from being a one-loss team. I think they're fired up. They may be playing on the road, but remember, they're playing against Malik Murphy. They're not playing against Quinn Ewers. I think Will Howard is just as good as Malik Murphy is at the moment, and I think that's the difference in the game. I think... The Wildcats from Kansas State and the points are the play here. They might even win this game outright. They might win it by a point or two. I just see Texas as one of those teams that needs Quinn Ewers at quarterback in a game like this because if, if Murphy fumbles the ball like he did against BYU, or, or excuse me, I should say turns the ball over like he did against BYU last week, I ain't The Wildcats will take advantage. So I'm taking the Cats and the points. And TC is going with Texas to cover as well. Uh, Game number two, number 14, Missouri. 7-1 travels to Athens, Georgia to take on the number one Georgia Bulldogs at 8-0. Georgia's 15-and-a-half point favorites. The over-under in this one is 55 and a hook. 3.30
1: p.m. on CBS. Larry, what say you? I think this is going to be a lot like last year's game. I really, really do. I think Georgia's going to win, but I think Missouri is going to keep this within a seven to ten point game. Georgia, the slow starts are going to bite you when you least expect it. And in the midst of everything that's going on, you got to give Brady Cook a lot of credit. I mean, he's over 2,000 yards passing, 15 TDs. He's only got three interceptions. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. You know, they can run the football well. You know, Schrader's averaging, I think, about five uh, five or six yards of carry. So they can do what they need to do. Defensively, they are right around the same in points per game. You know, uh, it's a real even matchup. I I know Georgia's going to win this football game. But I'm taking Missouri in the points. I think Missouri is going to cover. But I think Georgia ultimately wins. Wayne, what say you?
2: Man, you can't give me 15 and a half points and not expect me to gobble that up. So I'm taking Missouri in the points. Georgia will probably win. And like Larry said, uh, probably be 7 to 10 points. But uh, you can't go giving me 15 and a half points and not expect me to jump.
0: Todd's taking the dogs to cover. Look, this game features two top 15 passers in the country. Larry, you said it well. Brady Cook can throw the ball. So can Carson Beck. George's pass defense will be the key in this game. Can Cook and Luther Burden get going versus UGA pass defense? That only allows 178.5 yards per game and has nine interceptions on the season. I see UGA's defense gets them going early with the big defensive play, and the uh, play of Oscar Delp shows why the Dogs can play without Brock Bowers, and that he is a top-tier tight end as well. I like the Dogs to cover at home. Again, we we've put them in a test and say can can we we'll put them in a glass bottle, shake them up, and look at the crystal ball? And Georgia usually passes these types of tests. But I like yours play y'all both y'all's play with Missouri in the points because Eli Drinkwitz has kept every Georgia game it seems like pretty close and Missouri is very physical at the line of scrimmage. If Georgia doesn't fire off and pass block well, this will be a battle till the very end. But I'm taking the dogs in the points, so we're even on that one. Number three, the third game of the day. We're going local. We're going a little (laughs) local flair here, number 23, James Madison. They're 8-0, and they travel to Center Park Stadium here in Atlanta, Georgia, to take on the 6-2 Georgia State Panthers. James Madison, 5.5-point favorites, over-under in this one, 54 and a hook, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2, or you can listen to our friend Dave Cohen call the game on 88.5 FM locally here in the Atlanta area or nationally download the tune in app or the Georgia State athletics app and look for the football game and you'll hear Dave Cohen's voice. Again, 3.30 PM on ESPN2. I'll kick this one off. Look, I think Georgia State will be able to run the ball uh, versus the Dukes. They, they, they average 191 yards per game. I had to double check my notes there. They got the number two rusher in the country And Carroll, who's got, let me check my notes, 1,060 yards rushing on the season. Again, second in the country in that category. The senior leadership of Darren Granger is going to help out here. And here's the key to me. The Dukes cannot go bowling. And last year, at this same point, they started looking towards the end of the season and playing down to their opponents. And they lost a couple games at the end of the year. I think that might happen here. Uh, the Duke's mental, physical, the, phys- the 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 psyche gets to him. I, I think the Duke's psyche gets to them. They come down. They play a hungry Georgia State team who can play for a Sun Belt title. It's a long shot now, but they still have a shot and an open path to get there. And I'm going to take Georgia
1: State and the points on this one.
0: Larry, what say you?
1: Not so fast, my friend, is what I say. Not <laughs> so fast. Not so fast. Wow. While- I agree with the fact that Georgia State has the ability to be able to run the football. James Madison is only allowing 48 yards a football game, which tells you that they have one of the most stout running defenses in the division, which also tells you that the likelihood of them being able to bottle Errol up is going to be very similar to the game that they played against Troy. And we saw what happened when Troy oh. made Georgia State one-dimensional. Darren Granger's good, but he can't do it all by himself. Give me James Madison in the points. They will handle business. I'm sorry, Dave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it, hey, good pick, good pick. Wayne, what say you?
2: Well, I'm going to have to go with Georgia State and the points on this one, simply because um... I don't know. I want them to win this game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, you and me both. I I had to dive deep for some stats to to go my way, and I like the run game. and I'm going with it, Larry. You guys might get this one right, but Wayne and I are going with our hearts, and sometimes that gets you on the charts.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Try to have fun I with
2: understand.
1: it
0: here. Trust me. I understand. <laughs> We'll move to the NFL, our fourth game of the day, the Dolphins 6-2, Chiefs 6-2. Frankfurt games here. Kansas City's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under, and this one's 50 and a hook. Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Frankfurt Stadium in Frankfurt, Germany. First game of the NFL in, in history in Germany. This will be pretty fun to watch. It's a marquee matchup. So... Uh, What is it? Guten Tag, I think they say. Good day, wake up, watch some football, drink some warm beer, Doc. and uh, yep. out of your mug with the top on it. I know there's a cool name for it, and I have terrible memory right now. But let me tell you what, I'm excited about this game. I'm sure the Europeans are excited about this ball game. You have a top two defense versus the top offense in running and passing the ball. Very interesting ball game. Head coaching matchup-wise, you got really different philosophies. Andy Reid's, you know, kind of a a rough and tough guy with a little bit of sense of humor, and we've seen Mike McDaniel just absolutely blow us away with the funny stuff he says in each and every press conferences, running by cameras off the field to not get interviewed, stepping into a bigger room and saying, "If you guys thought I looked bigger, it's because I am," you know, stuff like that. So. Two, two varying coaching styles in this one, uh, Tua versus Mahomes, two of the better quarterbacks in the league at the given moment right now. Lots of storylines in this one. Um, man, I'm going with the Dolphins and the points here. I, I think this will be a bloodbath of a game. Whoever holds the ball, uh, whoever has the ball last will probably win this game. It's 50-and-a-half for a reason. I I think both teams are going to score about 28, 30 points in this one. Uh, Give give me the Dolphins. I'll go with the offense in Germany. Uh, It's a long way over the pond, and give me the team with the better offense and the more weapons. Uh, That's the only reason I got. Dolphins, uh, Dolphins in the
1: points here. Larry, what say you? I say you are crazy, but I love you anyway. Um, the Dolphins have yet to beat anybody with a record that is as good as theirs when they play each other. They could not beat Philadelphia, they could not beat Buffalo, and the same thing is going to happen against the Kansas City Chiefs. When they play against competition that is as good as they are, they seem to fold, and I have no idea why that is. It's amazing when they get into the playoffs, they play like... Their hair is on fire. But during the regular season, when they play against different competition, the Dolphins seem to fold. Uh, I could give you stats and everything about it if you want to get some statistical measures about it. I mean, the Dolphins are putting up the number one in points per game in the NFL at 33.9. Kansas City is only scoring 23.4. To your point, J.J., that way right there should say, hey, Miami all the way. But – until I see them beat Patrick Mahomes, even with lesser weapons than what he's had, even with a different offensive coordinator than what he's had, give me Kansas City to cover with the points, and I think Kansas City's gonna win this game
2: outright. Wayne, what say you? Well, I'm going with the Dolphins and the points on this one. Um and I'm not so sure is uh is Taylor going to this game or not? <laughs> if she if she's not there, then uh, the Dolphins would definitely have a better chance. So I'm hoping that uh, she is not going to be at the game.
0: You stole it right out of my mouth. I don't think she'll be on game. Her tour has resumed. As far as I know, Taylor is in Argentina. She will not be at this game. And I saw it on Get Up this morning. Taylor Swift is worth 10 points to the Chiefs offense, fellas. <laughs> that is huge. That is the Taylor Swift effect on the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I'm just (laughs) having fun. James Madison to cover for TC last time. I did forget to get that one in there. And TC is also going with Larry and the Chiefs to cover. So, two Dolphins, two Chiefs. We're both, well, all four of us are all over the place here. Our fifth game of the day is our very own Falcons game here in Atlanta. The Falcons, four and four, play host to the four and four Vikings. Atlanta's a four and a half point favorite, over under, and this one's extremely low at 37.5, which is very odd to me. Because uh, the Vikings still have a lot of offensive weapons, and there is still an NFL quarterback that's going to be put under center, and there will be a game plan in place for him to succeed. So 37 and a half seems pretty low if you're betting on over unders. I kind of like the over in this game because if Heineke takes the helm and plays a little bit better. Uh, if they score 28 points and the Falcons give up 10, well, hey, there's your cover. They're over right there. 1 p.m. Sunday, life without quarterback C- Kirk Cousins begins. Wayne, we'll let you chew this one off, man. Why are you choosing the
2: Falcons? <laughs> because I can. And uh, I don't think the uh, Vikings are going to be able to adjust to that. Uh, so I'll take uh, Falcons to cover on this one. Larry,
0: what
1: say you, buddy? Here's the stat that's that's, that's hurting my feelings. (laughs) 17.3 points a game, the absolute second to worst in the NFL are the Atlanta Falcons. The only thing that I'm going to pick Atlanta for, and the reason I'm going to do it, is because they're Jekyll and Hyde. When (laughs) they're at home, they play like the second coming of the 88-49ers. When they're on the (laughs) road, they play like, the Jimmy Johnson first-year Dallas Cowboys. So I'm taking the Falcons, and I'm taking the points only because they're playing at home. Otherwise, I would say Minnesota's going to get them. But Minnesota's going to have a rookie quarterback under center. The Falcons' defense will still have a lot of their main characters there, and I think the key for the Falcons this game is going to be in the person of David Onyemata. If he can start wreaking havoc up the middle, I think that's going to be key to getting Taylor Heineke more opportunities to put more points on the board. Let's just hope they're touchdowns instead of field goals. Well said. Yeah, I'm taking
0: the Falcons to cover as well. Uh, And I'm just thinking Coach Smith is going to have these boys ready to play. He's going to have a good game plan in place to get the ball downfield, get the ball out of Heineke's hands quick and fast. And get these receivers involved early. Get Kyle Pitts involved. Get Drake London, Matt Collins, Scotty Miller. When the Falcons spread the ball out in the second half last week versus Tennessee, they looked really good. Honestly, better than they have all season in the second half of a loss last week. I hope that momentum carries over and Heineke puts the local, the local chip on his shoulder and says, hey, this is my football team. I'm going to put it on my shoulder and win. I'm taking Falcons to cover. Cod's doing the same thing. Final game of the evening, probably one of the best games of the weekend. Cowboys travel to Philadelphia to take on the 7-1 Eagles. Eagles are three-point favorites, over-under, and this one's 46. That's the 425 p.m. game of the day. I'll start this one off. This was pretty easy for me. I want to pick the Cowboys, but I'm just scared Dak's going to turn the ball over in a game like this. And the reason I want to pick the Cowboys is that defense. They're able to score. They get a strip sack, uh, put their put their offense in a short field, and Dak's able to take advantage of that. If they're not able to do that, this will be a long ending. Very uh, or, or uh, getting or getting late early, as they like to say, pull the keys out. It's like that last year in a couple of the matchups. Eagles pulled out front and never looked back. I'm going with Jalen Hurts, DeAndre Swift, and that mean tush push on fourth and one that you can't stop. Eagles cover. Larry, what say you?
1: No, J.J., to to, to your point, the Eagles are top ten in takeaways per game at 2.4 per game. That is turnover prone. And not only that, Philadelphia has a way of making teams one-dimensional. You know, they've been able to shut down the majority of the running games that they were able to play in. I mean, we looked at the pivotal matchup that they had against Miami just a couple of weeks ago, and, and they and they were able to shut the running game of the Dolphins down, and they made two of one-dimensional. When you can do that, you just tell your front seven to pin their ears back and head to the quarterback. And I think that's going to make Dak Prescott very uncomfortable. I'm taking Philadelphia into points as well because that defense is just too much give me the philly bulldogs baby
0: <laughs> larry uh that's a great pick tc's going with the eagles to cover as well wayne you'll finish it all for us what you got for us
2: eagles to cover
0: oh wow no one's gaining any ground there i like <laughs> it we're all on the eagles in that last game the standings are currently as is, I am winning at 29 and 25. I was 4 and 2 last week. Mm-hmm. Wayne went 3 and 3 last week and is 3 games behind me at 26 and 28. TC is coming up the rear at 23 and 31. He was 3 and 3 last week, a decent week though. And Wayne uh Larry was 2 and 4 last week. He's a game ahead of TC, 2 games behind Wayne and Five games behind myself at twenty-four and thirty-two and four last week. He's due for a good week, folks. You might want to hang on to Larry's picks. He had a he had a pretty good week. He had it was a heartbreaking week last week, I should say, for Larry. Very close that's to terrible. being three and three, but uh, folks, that's where we stand, and uh, that's pretty much our show, guys. Any final thoughts on the pick six before we head to our final final thought? Uh, nope,
2: nothing on that pick I'm
0: six. I'm good. Yeah, my, my final thoughts are somber one tonight. Uh, my thoughts and prayers are with the Knight family, as we have learned that tonight, Wednesday, November 1st, we have lost the head coaching legend Bobby Knight, former Indiana Army, I believe, as well, off the top of my head. And I think he finished his career there at Texas Tech. Uh, a national champion coach, Hall of Fame coach, ESPN analyst with some great fiery moments, a uh, controversial past, but a great coach nonetheless. Rest in peace, Coach Bob Knight. Wayne, your final thought of the evening, buddy.
2: Well, I think I'm just going to leave it with that. Uh, I've got to see Bob Knight on TV, coach, many times, and uh, I always thought he was a great coach. Uh, he uh, occasionally would let his emotions get a hold of him. But uh, I appreciated him being the coach he was for as long as he was and having the success he did.
1: Larry, you got the final yeah, thought of the night, buddy. I got a, a part A and a part B. Of course, part A, same sentiment shared to Robert Montgomery Knight, the the elite Hall of Fame coach. Prayers and condolences to his family. What a legacy he leaves behind. and. uh that's almost one you can say that there may never ever be another, Coach Knight. Um, but my B final thought is a organization that I used to love watching, even though I wasn't a fan, was the Raiders and Coach McDaniel's and General Manager Dave Ziegler both fired yesterday. When you look at the history of that organization and what Al Davis had built and just win, baby, and to see what it's been. Really, over the last 15, almost 20 years, it's heartbreaking. Raiders fans in Las Vegas, Oakland, and in Los Angeles, my heart goes out to you. I'm, I'm rooting for coach, the interim coach, Coach Pierce. He was a wonderful figure in New York as a Giant. I hope he can do good things, and I hope he can turn things around. But we just, we just, the the NFL is better when the Raiders are relevant, and we'll just leave yeah. it at that. Well said. I'm glad you said
0: that. I forgot to mention that in, a, in our NFL uh, topic. Yeah, well said. Josh McDaniel's out. Antonio Pierce will be the new interim coach, Super Bowl champion there in New York as well. So, uh, absolutely good fill in. Uh, I think he'll do a great job out there in Vegas. And and you're right, Larry. The NFL is better when the Raiders just win, baby. <laughs> For Larry and Adairsville. <laughs> Wayne in Memphis, Todd Quarter, who's not with us tonight. I'm J.J. Jurjevich. This has been ATL Prime Sports. If you like the content, give us a like, give us a subscribe, and follow us on the old X, Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram, again, at ATL Prime Sports. See you next week, folks. Get you one.